Hello, uh, welcome, Patrick. It's good to get to sit down and talk to you. Likewise, uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, I before we get into anything, I uh, uh, did uh, send out a tweet uh, for people who would send in the topics. Uh, and uh, I guess just to start off, is there anything you want to jump into? Let's just let's just get into it. Oh man, I think uh, well, one of them. I think it was right near the <clears throat> the top of the uh, that that thread with people putting questions was, uh, you know, someone saying, you know, as as one of these sort of old guard uh, VO actors now, what's it like working with the newer talent? And I just I felt myself mm. crumble to dust as I read that. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh oh god, I am. I mean, that's that's I'm that's something that's sort of been hitting me uh, a lot lately with all this time at home to. Be introspective and think. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm 42 now. I started doing this when I was 21, so I did the math and was like, "Oh my god, I've mm. literally been doing this half my life." Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm working with with sometimes people who were like two years old when I personally started. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm one of the old guard now. Oh god, um, it's. Yeah, it's, I'm just glad to still be here. I tell you, the longer I do this, the more I look at the the, the people that are, you know, 10, 20 years older than me who've been doing it all sure, this time. Sure. And you think to yourself, man, especially living somewhere like LA where, you know, rent is just stupid. And even if you have a good month, mm. a good couple months, uh, it's either going to get, you know, evened out by a bad couple months or you'll have some bill or you'll just have to spend it on necessities anyway. Just the idea of, of you know, working actors getting to... Yeah, pay their bills with this, you know, month after month, and 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 somehow scrabble a life together out of it is is just kind of mind blowing. It seems so audacious, you know, like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like uh, when people ask me, like, oh, what are your like dreams and goals of in your career? And I'm, it's like, you know, just that I can keep doing this for like even like 20 30 40 just years. Yeah. Like if I can do that, that that to me, I consider a success. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't really matter yeah you wake up and you and you do the math you're like oh this is so cool it's my job now oh crap it's my mm. job now oh god that means exactly. i have to do it forever it's not just this like fun side thing it's it's and that and that's sure, cool sure. but also you realize oh oh no i mm, the monkey's paw i got what i wanted how do i keep it <laughs> <laughs> exactly now for before we go into cuz you you had a topic but uh, forgive me for the fucking agonizing question, ah. but give me give me a TLDR on uh you you were a high school English teacher, right? I was. You got so you said you got into this when you were twenty one. Yes. Uh, just real quick, just just the how how did you kind of get into it that that whole spiel? The high school that my mom taught at uh would do Ooh. instead of doing you know like like most I think high school programs do like a bunch of plays throughout the school year. They would put all their eggs into one basket and do one big blowout musical each year. Uh, and mm. uh, they would give tickets to all the teachers as sort of a thank you for not failing out your theater kids who have been zombies for the last two weeks before the show and were in tech <laughs> hell and everyone's just sure. sleep deprived. So I grew up as a little kid watching these musicals each year. You know, old school stuff like mm. Dan Yankees and South Pacific and Unsinkable Molly Brown mm. and Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, you know, the, the, the classics. Um, yeah. And then when it came time for me to go to high school, instead of going to the, the, the public school that I was in the district for, because I was getting picked on a bunch. Whoa, big surprise. I was a nerd. Mm. Um, I ended up mm. going to the high school that my mom taught at. And I didn't even have any like burning aspirations to be an actor. I just sort of, as, as near as I can tell, thinking back, you know, 14 year old me was like, well, 
they do the musicals and I am here so I suppose I will audition mm. for the musicals I mean there there really there was not a lot going on um in my brain with this but tried out got in because I was a dude I had a low voice and you know they always need that mm. in uh especially in, in you know high school and college and musicals so did it you know they got uh, bit by the acting bug did musicals and plays in high school and college and you know i'm from southern california so it was not some big herculean task for me to think to myself i'm gonna move to la after college it's basically like, I'm gonna move ah, okay, 60 okay. miles that way uh <laughs> even though sure. la is its own weird thing and unlike anywhere else you know even though i was from a place close proximity wise i still got here was like wait how does anything work here mm-hmm. uh, i just thought it was going to be as easy as moving out to la and like i'll be an actor because i didn't know anything because i was 21 not to say that you know 21 year olds don't know anything but did you come out here for on screen or theater or 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 specifically voiceover i came out here for for on screen i mean i figured i'm already doing mm-hmm. theater and i guess i'll keep doing that but mostly it was I'm going to try my hand at the on-screen thing, even though I had no experience with that. didn't know how to make any of that happen. And uh, the mm. lady that I'd been taking uh, voice lessons with all throughout my teen years into my, you know, early, early 20s, um, she was old school. She'd studied with Lee Strasberg back in the day because this, of course, wow. was in the 90s and she was already, you know, old as hell. Um, sure, sure. She said, you know, you've got an interesting voice because I've sounded like this since puberty. Uh, you should do voiceover <laughs> on the side. And I thought, yeah, voiceover on the side. Why not? But I'm not busy with the on screen. Well, came out here, had never lived on my own, didn't know anything about anything. You know, spent a mm. year and a half learning a bunch of life lessons, which was life kicking me in the teeth, basically, and being like, look what you learned. What have you learned? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And voiceover ended up being where I had any, you know, measure of luck. And I thought to myself, well, if that's if that's where you know i'm seeing some dividends on my on my efforts and i i sincerely enjoy it hell i'm just gonna pursue that mm. and every now and then i think to myself like oh you know i've got I, I, the vo thing's working pretty well for me like do i want to expand do i want to do on camera too and i think to myself the thought you know pre-covid post-covid of having to dress up drive all over town sit in a room with you know 30 other schlubby dudes that kind of look like variants of myself so we can, you know, mm. fight over who gets to be, you know, waiter number three. Like, it just, yeah. that doesn't sound fun at, at, at all. So, yeah, I think I'm yeah. just going to stay in my lane. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. Like, I, I have gone to my share of, you know, live action auditions and even a couple of callbacks. And it's some of the most miserable experiences I've ever had. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> fucking, it fucking sucks. Like, uh, I would much rather uh, record at home. Yeah. Just, hey, here's, here's a, here's a thing. Send it in. Instead of, I got to go where? And I got to sit next. Yeah. Like you said, sit next to people who uh, uh, look like me. And also the parts are never particular i mean they're okay but you know they're yeah, like yeah. nerd or uh uh the white forgot my main character's best friend <laughs> right like, oh boy yeah really really engaging material uh okay so did you um and i, I promise we'll move on just i like i like hearing people's like how you know how they got started yeah, 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 i think worries, people dude. get interested so yeah. like did you um, have like representation like early on, or um... I did. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I took a bunch of voiceover classes. Spent more money than I should have probably taking. Mm. And it wasn't that taking classes is bad. Taking classes is great. But I took this one lady. She just 
had me take every class she offered. She had me take an audiobook class, which again is fine, but this was in the you know late 90s, early 2000s. So at the end of this audiobook class, she's like, OPS, all the audiobook work is being done in New York. Womp womp. I'm like, then why the hell did I take this damn class? <laughs> like, you could have led with sure. that. Uh, made yeah. a demo, didn't know what to do with it. I, I, uh, and then after a year and a half of being out in LA, I remember it was it was about this time of year. Actually, it was a couple days after Christmas, and I was living in this crappy apartment in Westwood because they're all crappy there because the landlords know they've got everybody over a barrel and they don't need to like <laughs> reinvest any of their profits into the buildings. So I'm living sure. in this crap apartment. Uh, all of my roommates are UCLA students, so they're uh, you know at home with their families. I'm there alone, working some crap job because i would work all these crap jobs to leave my days open for auditions that i didn't even know how to get so what's the point there mm. and it's cold mm. and the wind is blowing through the cracks in the windows and i remember putting socks on my hands for warmth and i remember looking mm. at my hands and going dude f this this sucks it's been a year <laughs> and a half i'm like paying my rent with like those checks they used to send with your credit card statements that's a bad idea that's just that's not mm. wise and i thought to myself i'm mm. not having any fun like i'm sad i don't have friends i'm broke i'm gonna go home this this wasn't what i wanted to do so i trudged mm. home you know the 60 miles to to riverside sure uh and uh, ran to a dude that i knew at uh, an audition for the scarlet pimpernel which they were doing locally didn't book that mm. uh, because the older i got the more they were able to find dudes that could actually dance i can sing i've got a little voice that's an <laughs> asset but i cannot dance to save my life i can learn choreography mm. but i'm not one of those people that can like stare at it and be like okay five six seven eight duck, 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 duck. no i'm like yeah, Wait, yeah that's yeah. your left foot this is my left foot. <laughs> left foot goes up, then down. Like, so ran to the dude, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be teaching. Uh, I'm going to be teaching theater at uh, Notre Dame." I'm like, "Oh Notre Dame, that's my alma mater." Yay! He's like, "Yeah, they've got some spots open in the English department." So I went in, applied to teach freshman because at the time I was, you know, 21, and I'm like, "They're well, the freshmen. Mm. All they're going to give me, if anything." And when the sure, dust sure. cleared, and I walked out of that uh, that interview, I was going to be teaching the seniors. And I'm like, "I'm only three years older than them. How is this going to work?" <laughs> um, thankfully, with a low voice and a beard, they didn't know until the end of that first year that I was basically their age. When one of my wow. seniors, with about two weeks to go in the school year, he's flipping through old yearbooks because I was also the yearbook advisor because I'd done yearbook myself, and he, he's yeah, looking yeah. through my my senior year uh, yearbook, and he's like, "Wait, the." fuck a second uh, <sighs> and he does the math and i'm like okay dude like think about this like let's be real smart here are you going to like 10 days away from graduation you're gonna start sassing me now like is that your grand <laughs> ambition he's like no I'm like good good so we're in agreement <laughs> um taught high school for two years all the while driving out to la and doing voiceover as it came up it would often be like okay School day ends at 2.30. I'm in the car by 3. Drive out there, do a couple hours. I mean, I wasn't booking, like, lead things or four-hour things. or It's just a little bit of stuff. Um, after sure. two years of teaching high school, I'm like, this has been great. This has been valuable. I loved doing it. But I don't want to do this for the next 40 years. Uh, I want to yeah, go back yeah. to school myself. So I went back to uh, UC Riverside where I'd gone for uh, undergrad degree in creative writing. And they just formed, like, a theater creative writing hybrid master's program. Uh, and I was like, home is where they have to take you in. So applied for that, got my master's in screenwriting. And then right as that was wrapping up, um, and all the while, again, still been doing voiceover and gotten like little chances like, oh, here, adapt this one episode of a thing. Oh, here, uh, direct mm. this one episode of a thing, like an anthology show where it didn't matter if there were sort of different voices per episode. Uh, and then sure. out, of the, out of the clear blue, 
I got an offer to adapt and direct a 26-episode show myself. Oh, by the way, you have to start in two weeks. So for my last two quarters of grad school, um, just through luck of the draw, me being able to arrange my classes, do some independent study, and you know, having some professors who are like, wait, you're getting paid to write? Okay, that's, <laughs> that's the goal. Let us help you facilitate this. <laughs> I was able to cram yeah, yeah, yeah. all of my classes for those last two quarters into a single day's worth of like on campus stuff mm. and then direct the other four days and then you know when i was done with the the, the grad program just go straight into like full-time directing for the rest of that project and then thankfully knock on wood you know when when jenny on imploded and when suncoast imploded back in the day things got pretty lean but um been able just to do the writing and what was that for a show since uh a harem comedy called girls bravo um mm. you know sad sack dude all the girls love him boobs everywhere but i was so green to anime i didn't even realize it was just tropes like i sure, i sure. came with this show with with the sweet pure soul of someone who didn't realize that you know these jokes had all been played out before there was nothing new about this and uh, also mm. lucked out had a great cast. I had you know like Yuri Lowenthal and Stephanie Shea mm. and Michelle Ruff and Liam O'Brien and just you know it, it's between me caring about the show and me just having you know a, a, a you know Haley's Comet of a cast for the thing was able to 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 do something with and I still look back at it fondly because it was just so much so much damn fun. I was talking to a friend recently about this. The you know. Uh, they did like a, a harem sort of comedy writing themselves. And I was like, you know, that seems like way more fun to me to write than like, I don't know, generic action anime. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That to me personally, at least it's comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and to land a, a, a tw- you know, a 26 episode writing you, that's, I was, I, was, I mean, I'm just amazed. You got a fucking teaching job at 21 at your high school? That's nuts. <laughs> I did not know this. I, I I had assumed it was, I don't know, when you were older than that. That's crazy. Shit. It, uh, it, it, I mean, I had a couple things going for me. One being that it was a private school, so while they could mm. uh, require a teaching credential from people, they didn't. Um, mm, with the trade-off okay, there okay. being... And I think this really worked out in my favor because I, I had friends who, especially out here, would get into a program where it was sort of an expedited... Uh, master's degree in education and your teaching credential lumped into one because at that point California was really hard up for teachers so they they mm. busted their ass finishing that program taught for you know, two or three or four years and realized oh no I don't want to do this and then it's like womp womp what have I done with my time whereas I was able to you know try before you buy so to speak got in there sure. did it did the two years again felt good about it but then it was like I did this isn't my my life's vocation mm. um, sure sure I think it, I mean, being young, I think to a certain extent helped because even though my students didn't realize how young I was, uh, they certainly recognized in me someone that was young and that wasn't going to fall for their crap because I was pulling that same crap way more recently than perhaps their older teachers. They didn't know I was only pulling it three years ago, but (laughs) I was still young enough that a guy could be like, you know what? That's, that's some bullshit and you know it and I know it. So why don't we just not? Um, and I called him as, as stupid as it sounds. I had this, this senior English teacher myself who was kind of quirky. And one of his things is he would call everyone Mr. and Miss and then their last name. 
and I sort of cribbed mm. from him some stuff I liked, and that was one of them because once you're, it's this weird dynamic I find where you know you have to call the teacher Mister So and So or Mrs. So and So, and they're calling the mm. student by the first name, and it's already this weird sort of inequality thing. But if you're saying like Mister So and So, you're kind of being a jackass, like you're already holding them to a higher standard in oh. how you're addressing them, and then when True. you point out the fact that they're being a jackass or not doing what they're supposed to do they already feel like oh i need to i need to fly i need to fly right you know what i mean mm, yeah 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 for sure um like uh i uh before i did uh, any of what i'm doing now uh my main employment was private tutor uh for uh english as a second language uh and so did not i was also yeah yeah i was also in a position for many years where it was like you know, I'm a, a college kid and, you know, I'm teaching, like, let's say a high school kid. Uh, but there has to be, like, you know, a, uh, you have to, I guess, one, be uh, not authoritative, but, you know, like, you know, you have to be like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, you want to be like, but I get what you're going through, yeah. right? I just yeah. went through this, like, I get that this shit's hard right. or like that, you know, high school, like, and so I, it's that sort of balancing act. You don't want to go too hard either way. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can balance both, uh, that's like the perfect uh, way to go about it. At least it was for me anyway mm-hmm. uh, in that situation. Um, so sorry to – I'm sure you've said all this before. But now to go back to what you were going to bring up, you mentioned that you – you know, uh, someone said you were the old guard. Uh, what was the uh, topic that they, uh, that they prompted? Uh, just wondering what's like working with uh, the newer talent and um oh and well yeah okay what is that like it's you know what um uh when the newer talent is someone like you specifically someone it's amazing because you're great and you've got an ear for it and you're such an asset i I appreciate that dude no it's i'm not i'm not just blowing smoke you're you've got the chops it's uh it's weird i feel like there's a lot more static and distraction now than there was before mm. i mean I, I feel like when i was coming in about that time it was a lot of folks who you know it was theater folks who sort of lateraled their way into vo mm. or on camera people who were looking for something sure. else to, you know everyone was sort of everyone wanted to act but no mm. one had this laser focus of i just want to be a voice actor i only want to do this thing which i feel yeah a lot of times you get now from people who are fans and it, they're coming from a fan point which isn't necessarily a pejorative thing but it's a different expectation mm-hmm. and a different vibe and then there's social media which is you know sort of peeing in the proverbial (laughs) pool all the time it's it's this weird thing and i'm sort of glad that when i was coming into my early 20s there wasn't a place for me to put my every thought i mean not that i am immune to posting jackass thoughts now at the ripe old age of 42 uh as anyone who follows Mm -hmm. me on social media is is you know already aware of but just the fact that i could sort of figure it out in peace and quiet and didn't have to worry about follower count or or maintain that illusion of I'm always working or like how many boothies have I posted this week or do I have to post a picture of the the effing Warner Brothers water tower for the 18th I hate that so much I hate that so much I get I turn to the grumpiest old bastard and people are like guess where I'm working today well you know that's the Warner Brothers water tower behind you so I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Warner Brothers oh sure, sure. Oh, you get your one yeah. I, I it's Mm, but it works i mean if it didn't work if it didn't somehow spark within you know casting people who maybe are just working with blinders on like oh hey it's so-and-so and and they worked on this other thing so we should hire them too i mean there's got to be some element of that that actually 
works. I don't want to sound like I'm just crapping all over social media because I know that that you know you uh, in particular are are someone. I, I look at the stuff you do and I'm I'm like wow he makes his own content. He does the thing. He knows how to engage. Like I'm just sitting here like some you know pissy little luddite throwing throwing my bathwater out the window. I'd be like I don't understand the internet. Um, mm, it's just I think I think uh, with Boothies uh, I, I'm not personally one for them uh, because I feel the same way as you do I feel like uh, I, first off I'm like okay I get it we, we get it you know you're, uh, <laughs> you are hashtag hashtag voice actor or whatever and then secondly I'm like you know if you're working enough frequently enough it doesn't you don't need to do that every yeah. single time you go into a booth. You know, it's like I think maybe you're just not working enough, unfortunately. Like I and I that sounds dickish, but I truly am like, you know, I think the best way to once you are doing it enough where you're just very comfortable in it. I get it, like your first time ever. Yeah. Like, listen, that's very exciting. So, and like, hey, like, or like, you know, you know, you're up and coming and like uh I mean, even then I didn't do this shit, but even, you know, it's like, I, it's still like, I, but I get it. I get it. You're very excited. Uh, but then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's just less about just like, uh, it's, it, it's to show off, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, it's basically what it is. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pissing contest. Uh, whereas I think the, the voice actors that I tend to get along with best or like personally, like enjoy hanging out with. Are a lot more chill about it, yeah. you know. We're just like, yeah, yeah. Just uh, we can kind of just talk about other things, or you know, it's not always like a, um, you know, it's your uh, job. It's not your personality. Yeah, it's or not your personality. Exactly. That's you know? a very good way of putting it. It's not your personality. Um, it's interesting though that you mentioned like sort of the 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 new generation of fans because I was talking to a previous guest about this, and he was like kind of in the middle mm -hmm. where it was like he was a fan but also was like he was like I feel, um it was matt uh matt mercer he was mm -hmm. like I, I felt like i'm coming i kind of like in the middle right yeah, yeah. like like still like you know definitely like was working with like the older people but i was like this the closet nerd who like you know i actually like this like anime stuff yeah, or whatever yeah. but then there's like people my age who we were on like the goddamn you know uh, voice acting forums or like or some equivalent of that right just like this is everything we want to be uh -huh. we're we're just you know a lot of, and a lot of them you know maybe we don't want to admit it but which is fine but yeah the, a lot a lot of us were in that sort of camp right of this is everything we've always wanted to do we're fans of not just the material but just the sort of act the the craft itself mm -hmm. whereas i feel like a lot of old guard are like i don't know i just sort of stumped my friend was an engineer and a uh, I don't know. You said you wanted to voice a Japanimation, and I was like, "Ah, oh, sure. What the heck is that?" Like, basically, like, yeah. that's yeah, that's basically how like a lot of. And then for us, it's like, this is everything I've ever wanted in my entire life. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so I, you got the, I, the, I the people who didn't know what anime was when they got into it, and then the people on the other end of the spectrum who are like, "Let me show you my Naruto tattoo." Uh, yeah, I've been watching this from episode. I've re I read the manga like from chapter one. Like, I'm sure it's you know very. But to be fair, you know, you've been a nerd. You know, just not necessarily maybe not necessarily in the or were you a nerd in the anime space? I I don't know. I'm curious. Like, I, I know I know you like I know you play a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm wondering was that did that start with just video games? Was that tabletop and anywhere or what? Where was your 
what was your shit basically like i tell you uh, what, i was growing up i was video games from three onward i remember and I, i'm not one of those people that has a lot mm. of memories of, of childhood but i remember my dad coming home one night with the atari 2600 and that was it um mm. and i was always a gamer always a reader liked theater uh in high school here's the thing like you know coming up when i did like the internet existed yeah but it really wasn't the mm. the force for finding other like-minded people that it is now so yeah, yeah, yeah you know whoever whoever your fellow nerds were at your school that's who you had that's what it was like sure. you know it wasn't i have this interest and i'm going to find people all over the country that love the same thing and we can sort of you know feed that passion together it was well, mm -hmm. here are my four nerd friends, and we like video games, and we play Magic the Gathering at lunch, and we do theater, and that's kind of it. Like, I I didn't really know about anime just because I didn't have exposure to it. Once I started working mm. on it, I'm like, oh, this is really cool, and oh, this is telling stories in a way that uh, Western animation, at least at that point, really wasn't trying to, and it tells things that sometimes uh you know wouldn't work as live action but here you've got the possibility to do anything it's it's i came to really appreciate it. i i try to uh, there are advantages to being fan a fan and there are disadvantages to being a fan and there are advantages to being sure. an actor that doesn't know you know anything about anime and disadvantages i, I try to walk that line in between and, and kind of get the best of both worlds as as, mm. as much as i can um yeah I want to respect the thing, but I also want to be flexible and not feel like I'm I'm hidebound, chained to what the original is doing, and I don't want to be like overly yeah. slavish, like oh well, we have to have the honorifics and. I mean, anyway, <laughs> anyone who's looked at my you know script adaptation, if they're looking at the 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 uh, subtitles versus what I'm putting, I mean, I'm they're probably getting that idea of like I want to give people an equivalent experience without feeling like I just have to trot out the translation and make it feel very other and very foreign and very, this is, mm. this is my own personal clubhouse. I'm going to gatekeep because, you know, I've made this my personality. Cause I think in the same way that people can make the you know voice acting sort of plug that in, in lieu of personality, people can do that on the fan side too. It's like, okay, you like that thing, but what's your personality? Like you sure, can't just sure. pick one interest and sort of make that your, your, your edifice of, of, of self. Hmm. What, well, I mean, uh, I think what makes a good, you know, localization is like um, sort of not just going for the straight translation, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of people don't understand that or at least don't agree, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. which that's fine. <laughs> but for me, you know, it, it's way more interesting um, if uh, you can, let's say, either inject more personality or flavor into something, but still still being true yeah. to what the original work is saying. But you can make it more like stand... It can be its own thing and still be faithful. Uh, and I think, um, for me, a good dub of something is where I go, okay, they had... There was some fun here. They, like, you know, didn't just go for the boring, just literally what exactly what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um you know, sort of route. Um, uh, and I, and I, I find with like something like, like a Gretzko, for example, not to, you know, toot your horn, but I think it's a great <laughs> script. Like I really, you know, you. and I think that's part of what makes it so fun to like act in that. It, it feels like instead of a script that is very sort of word one for one, um, I don't know. Aggretsuko for me was like almost. It felt like recording like um, 
like a like a western like a western animated thing mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. in terms of the scripting like it was it was funny it was you know and then as i uh i watched it with a friend who had seen both um the dub and the sub uh and you know there were diff- there were interesting differences but the uh intent was always the same mm-hmm. uh which i which i admired quite 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 a bit it's fun when you can have something like that where it definitely is coming from you know the original language it was it was presented in but i feel like there's always a way to make it feel to an english-speaking audience like they're getting first crack you know what i mean it should never it should never have this sort of air of apology of like oh well it started as something else and this isn't perfect but we did the best we could and it's sort of in a different language <laughs> exactly. like, da, ba, da, ba. Yes. like when it comes to live action dubbing like it is never with it being live action it is never going to match the mouth the way it did in the original language and they're always to a certain extent fighting a losing battle but with something where it's animated there's nothing that makes japanese voices coming out of an animated mouth any more natural mm-hmm. or right or proper or legitimate than english coming out of an animated sure. mouth. so Really, and, and yeah, there's going to be times where the animation isn't doing any favors or the timing's a little weird or you have to find ways to, to get around things that are specific to a script, but there's always a way to do it if you take mm. the time and have the uh, the, the will uh, on the scripting end or the schedule end, and that all turns into on the money end, you know, in, in one respect or another, to, to do the thing. And it feels good when you figure it out. And you're like, oh, that was a... a, a one example I bring up is when uh, I was working on uh, Stein's Gate with uh, Michael Tatum, mm. which I, I love that dub. I love that show. <clears throat> but at one point, he's uh, trying to get some information, and uh, Tatum's character talks to this dude who sells, like, pins and buttons on the street. And uh, the character is black and obviously not, you know, Japanese, not a, a native uh, citizen, native speaker. Mm. And in the, the original Japanese of the show, uh, his character goes up to him and just spouts a bunch of English, and that's not going to work mm. in English because sure, he sure. speaks English. He speaks it very well. So instead, um, and, and and the the payoff is the characters like I, you know, I, I speak Japanese. What are you doing? Um, and so for ours, just to have that same sort of mis uh, assumption or misunderstanding into the payoff was having him go up and be like blah blah blah, you know, saying a bunch of like you know street slangy stuff. And then the mm-hmm. character at the end of that, you know, little self-aware presentational moments like, sorry, I don't speak jive. Like, let's just like, just talk to me like you would mm. anybody else. So it's, it's sure. again, it's it's not the same exact thing the Japanese does, but it's that same setup, that same presumption based on someone's look or appearance. You know, the main character sort of has their ass hanging out by the end of that moment and then they get down to business. Right, right. Uh, and I'm sure I, I see some stuff and like, man, the creativity and handling how to like especially with characters that are like oh they're speaking not japanese i'm like oh fuck what are they gonna do for the i don't envy the the localizer who has to like figure this shit out but uh-huh. uh they usually do a pretty good job which always impresses me i is there uh, another topic on there you wanted to any any other ones you wanted to cover yeah, somebody uh, somebody had the question uh, talking about Grand Blue, Grand Blue Fantasy, which okay. we're both in. Um, sure. And they asked, what were the challenges involved in voicing Lediva as uh, as me personally being a cis man? And uh, what mm. steps did I take to avoid falling into harmful stereotypes or cliches? Um, sure. Uh, 
I love voicing Ladiva. She's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But I did realize, like, I, you know, this is going to be contentious for some people. And there's some some people still to this day who are like, Patrick Seitz, voicing Ladiva, I don't, I'm, I'm not down. Like, just mm-hmm. nothing personally, but I am not down with him as a, a cis man voicing this woman. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one thing that really helped is going into it, um, the folks I was working with on the client side, one of the one of the gentlemen in particular was a member of the LGBT community, and mm. uh, not not and I don't want to suggest in that sort of token kind of way that any one member of a larger group can speak for the group or sort of give the you know the general you know all forgiving thumbs up for that group, but sure. I think everyone would agree that when you, uh, you know, are dealing with characters who have been sort of maligned or gotten short shrift or played for laughs in the past, having someone with skin in the game and firsthand experience is really valuable and helpful. I mean, I, I found it valuable and helpful and just getting to go in and have that conversation. It was, and it was a little scary because I'm a people pleaser. I'm not one to sort of draw a line in the sand or be contentious. And before I uh, knew him, you know, going to that first session, I, I just said, Hey, something effective i just want to know what your guys's intentions are with this character to make sure we're on the mm. same page and to do her justice and make sure we're not playing her for laughs and they're like oh yeah no 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 and I, you know we, we realized uh through through having a quick chat before we got you know into establishing the voice that we were simpatico on that we were of one mind which is great mm. because i've had uh it's something i wasn't credited in, but i was in another project playing a character where uh it kind of was for laughs and they didn't tell me ahead of time mm. they just sort of sprung it on me when i got there and that's uncomfortable because again people please you don't want to be like well i'm leaving um you know sure, money's sure. burning already and you're there and you're like i guess we're just gonna roll with this and y'all really should have mm. told me beforehand because here we are but okay yeah um, yeah you know and that was a that was a different experience with with and, and even with uh, Ladiva, when you listen to the Japanese, it's played a little broader. It's there's a little mm. more of an affectation there. It's it's played, dare I say, a little bit more for the laugh and the othering mm. and the. I feel like, uh, I mean, it, it's it's it sounds like I'm I'm you know just patting myself on the back, but I feel like the steps you take to avoid falling into harmful stereotypes is just. Uh, don't be an asshole just you know just sure. sort of recognize the, the 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 shared humanity in whatever characters you're voicing which is you know what you should be doing as an actor anyway you have to you have to find the things that you relate to and connect with and the things you admire about the character and things you love about the character and with the diva part of it is um she just does what she wants to do and lives how mm. she wants to live and doesn't feel cowed by anybody and she is strong as hell and uh still very feminine in her ways but also there's times where she gets more aggressive and more serve and whoops ass and she doesn't feel like she has to look a certain way or conform a certain way or sound a certain way or she really just goes through life you know living her best life as as sort of you know pat and answer as that sounds um but but yes i mean i'm a tldr version it's it, it definitely voicing ladiva was something where i realized hey there are many ways to do this wrong and i don't exactly want to mm. i don't want to be that guy so let's sure. really take our time and again you know once once you find out that the client is is of the same mind as you on a thing like that that uh is such a relief it's such a relief because oh, then yeah, you can yeah. really just sort of trust in 
what they are giving you and run with it. You know, you can, you can turn off that, that, that vigilant, hypervigilant part of your brain, or at least I could, and just go with the process because I knew it was in good hands. Yeah, whenever I work with um, uh, that particular uh, company, they they clearly love those characters, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they always give you, like, you know, so much, like, information and backstory. And, like, you know, they, so they, like, it's not, like, a very um, sort of passive, like, I don't know, just do whatever you want. Like, they know exactly what they want. And, you know, I, uh, and I'm glad that they were very, uh, clear on like yeah this is not a joke character mm-hmm. um and I, I you know that def- that definitely uh helps you as a performer like i had a similar experience uh with borderlands 3 where my character is non-binary mm-hmm. um and i ac- actually uh did not know that until i came in to record for the, because the character had actually changed from original mm-hmm. audition to that point uh mm-hmm. and it was actually suggested by um s- several of the uh lgbtq uh staff at uh gearbox like hey can we make this character non-binary like and they were like yeah why not uh yeah. so for me i mean i'm not gonna lie there was a little bit of trepidation like are we sure like you still want me to do it but at the same time uh, I had been flown out for that. So I was like, no, I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm here. here to, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, I have to do it. Um, but it was also very clear that uh, the character, uh, it was very respectfully done. And honestly, mm-hmm. like going into it didn't really change my approach like at all. I think, I think when we went in, because the character had changed a bit from original sides to, um, record that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it was finding their voice, like finding like where what is their personality like now, yeah. and uh, so that first record was a lot of that, uh, and um, yeah, I don't, I I didn't necessarily have to uh, go. Oh yes, you know, non-binary. I'm gonna change. Not necessarily. No, that t- I think with that character, uh, while it is a part of them. It's not what defines the character. Uh, yeah. There, there, there yeah. are like other factors um, that um, sort of are their main focus. And so that was helpful to me in sort of going through that. And, you know, part of me is like, you know, if I had known the character was non-binary, would I, would I have auditioned in the first place? I don't know. But when I was, but, you know, going into it sort of, uh, being told, hey, this is the direction we're taking. I was like, okay, I just want to do this as, you know, respectfully as mm-hmm. as possible. And I think it turned out well. I think people, uh, I know people seemed to respond uh, well to the character. So I, 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 I like, I, I hope that it turned out fine. But I used um, you for my playthrough. I thought you were great. Oh, I appreciate that. I think getting the chance to just be a part of like, hey, because listen, a lot of a lot of shitheads were very upset about the character oh, yeah, being yeah. non-binary, right? But I was like, "Well, fuck those people!" <laughs> like, <laughs> not, uh, I'm just glad I get to be a part of this and get to make a bunch of you know angry gamers mad. Like, because listen, <laughs> who cares that they're non-binary? Like, you know, just who cares? Like, to get yeah. that upset about something like that is ugh, 
gross. So I was like, especially in a I'm, game where you've got, I mean, not, not that it should be a stick in anyone's craw, anyone, but like you've got a multitude of different characters you can play. This literally is not being forced upon you in any sense. Grow up. You know, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, for certain people, it's like a little bit, it's political, politically correct. Blech. All right. Just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, now, is there any sort of topic or question that you want to just bring up? Nope. If there's not, no pressure. I'm, I've got shit we can talk about, but I'm just curious if there's anything that um, I, I always like to give, to give the guests a chance if they'd like to bring in. I mean, I, I I feel bad because I know this is a soapbox I've gotten on before, like at, at conventions and whatnot, but I feel mm. like especially sort of hooking back to that idea of like a new generation of, of people coming in and entering this whole, you know, entertainment industry meat grinder. Mm. Um, <laughs> just the idea of like, uh, have something that, that you like to do that feeds you creatively that isn't tied to job or a money because as soon as it's a job money someone has to say yes and there's mm. supply and demand and scarcity there is one role and you know a hundred people reading for the role like sure. you, you can't that's no way to unless you are exceedingly lucky that's no way to live because you're you're placing your your happiness and sort of creative fulfillment in someone else's hands and ultimately you know if you go up the food chain far enough it's you know some accountant who's like what's gonna what's gonna make us the most money and they chomp on their cigar because i've got very mm. hackneyed views of of the money people um <laughs> you know people will ask me like you know hobbies what do you have and a lot of times i'm like i don't have as many hobbies as i probably would if i weren't lucky enough to be working in a creative field because um mm. so much of my time and energy is being used in a creative way but it's being used on the clock Sure. You know what I mean? If if I sure. were working some other job that had nothing to do with anything creatively, I probably would be doing a lot more creative stuff in my spare time as sort of a mm. direct response to, you know, the nine to five ain't, ain't feeding my soul. So what am I going to do to uh, to to scratch that itch? Right. Um, like whether it's, you know, singing or writing or the visual arts or whatever, like or even now. I mean, and I think I think, you know, you've been you personally have been an amazing testament to this. Uh, if you have an idea for a thing, like do it, make it, mm. film it, stick it online. If it's good, people will respond. Like there's, you know, if you build it, they will come. Uh, as as I think you have shown in in spades. Like the, I feel like a lot of the, and again, if you're doing a thing for money, that's a whole other conversation. But if you just want to like sing a song, put it online, do a drawing, put it online. Here's my work in progress. Here's my mm. like time lapse video of the art. Here's my, you know, cool two minute skit idea. Like there's nothing stopping you from creating the thing and putting it out there and whether or not people respond to it is a whole other, you know, kettle of fish, but, sure. but people aren't muzzled anymore as far as what they want to do. Maybe you love painting miniatures, paint a goddamn miniature, film it up close, mm. show people all the cool stuff that you did that I could never do without getting eye strained. Like there's, there's really <laughs> nothing stopping people from putting it out there. If again, the thing is that they just want to, do the thing and put it out into the world or do the thing and don't show anybody. That's fine too. Just find a thing to do because yeah. it sucks when you're starving yourself to death because somebody doesn't want to pay you. Like mm. your fulfillment as a creative human being shouldn't ever have to be inextricably tied to your marketability. You know, sure. and that's a trap even I fall into. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. And then I'll realize, Oh wow, I need to, I need to recharge in a way that isn't, uh, you know, tied to uh, work. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's, that's very like, valuable advice is uh you know 
I think people, like I said, sometimes I meet somebody and I go, okay, yeah, your, your job is your personality or that's all you want to talk about. But for mm-hmm. me, like if I want to like, you know, be friends with someone or get to know someone, I'm like, well, what do you do in your spare time? Like, doesn't have to be like, you know, what, you know, your, your money maker is like, do I you, do you, yeah, what do you watch stuff? Do you, you know, read stuff? Like where would you, do, you know, when I get to know somebody and I, you know, it's like some people, their, their personalities, I can tell just sort of all they want to talk about is their job or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, but if I want to actually get to know somebody or be friends with somebody, uh, for me, it's, you know, what are you, what are you into in your spare time? Like, what are your, uh, not even just your spare time, because some people don't have spare time, but what are you most passionate about? <laughs> That's what I yeah. like to hear. Like, are you really into, uh, especially if it's something unexpected? Like, uh, <laughs> there have been a couple, <laughs> a couple guests. I don't know if you know this about me. Do you know my background with like Mario? <laughs> Do you know anything about this? I don't think so. Oh shit! Okay, I grew up writing Mario fan fiction. No, uh, I did know that because I saw okay. you post about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's funny there there have been there have been guests on where we discovered this sort of this deep lore knowledge of oh fuck you're one of those people too, and then the rest of the podcast is just that. For me, like I I don't care. Like if I meet another actor, I don't care what you've been in, honestly. Yeah. Like it doesn't like not, and that, that that sounds callous. It's like no, I'm. It's like that's not what's interesting to me. It's like oh, oh wait, you wrote blank or fanfic or you love this thing. I want to know about that. <laughs> so so my question to you then is, what are you most? I know video games, right? You're really into mm-hmm. video games. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're like? This is my shit. This is I am. The I'm these are these are what I'm most passionate about. I tell you, it's uh, and and it sounds like a stupid thing for me to say because I do not always have a great memory for retaining the stuff, but mm. I love reading history. Mm, uh, I love reading okay. about the Crusades. The Crusades are so interesting to me because it was so much just getting people riled up and be like, "All right, to the Holy Land, off you go." Um, <laughs> sure. One in particular, the, the the this one blows my mind. I read a book about. It. I'm like, how is this even a thing? Like, like if, if somebody wrote this as a script, they'd get it bounced back and told like, okay, that's a little implausible. The Fourth Crusade. All right, guys, mm. we're going to the Holy Land. We're gonna take it back. Rah rah rah. We're doing the thing. Oh, but uh, we need ships and supplies. Uh, hey Italians, you can handle that, right? Yeah, we can handle that. Uh, oh crap, we don't have any money. Hey Italy, can we owe you? All the Italians being like, yeah, that'll work. Once they finally get the show on the road, like they've accrued all this debt en route, the Italians, and I forget if it was uh, the the Venetians or who, but we're like, hey, you know, um, Constantinople, uh, filled with, with Christians, you know, Eastern Orthodox Christians, but still Christians, mm-hmm. um, has gotten a little too big for their britches. So how about en route to Egypt, we just whoop their asses mm-hmm. uh, and we'll, we'll call it even Stephen on the money you owe us. And uh, the, the the Franks were like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, sounds good. That's that's a deal. We'll take that. We'll take that ride. And so they besieged Constantinople, uh, kicked its ass, mm. and then sort of got the whole like, you know, looting and pillaging thing out of their system and went home. <laughs> never never got to the place that they that they sacked constantinople to uh forgive the debt on account of they're trying to get to in the first Damn, place they're like, like ah this was good enough all right let's yeah, i'm tired yeah. let's go home i mean wow you know we, we didn't uh, we didn't reclaim jerusalem but man we got some <laughs> stuff we killed some people i i'm spent you guys i'm good i'm good i'm calling it like 
just stuff like that or or um you know uh piracy i am so intrigued by the idea of piracy and i realized they were mm. horrible people doing horrible things but just sure, that sure. idea of we're going to do our own thing. We're just going to we're just going to be water astronauts and do our own thing. Mm. And pirate crews, you know, except when they were in battle, were democratic. They'd vote on things. Meanwhile, you know, you could go drink at a pub and wake up on a British ship because you got you know press ganged while you were blackout drunk. Mm. Um, meanwhile, pirates had like workman's comp. You sign the articles. You you lose a finger, you get paid this much. You lose an eye, you get paid <laughs> this much. It's you know again horrible people, but uh, they had uh, standards you know, at least. They had they had standards and it was a little more a little more democratic or, you know, um, I, there was this one book I read I think it was called Havana Nocturne about how uh, the mafia back in the day was like mm. ooh, ooh ooh guys guys have you heard of this place called Cuba it's gonna be great we can go there and thanks to uh, um, Baptiste Baptiste I forget the guy that uh, Castro overthrew they're like thanks to being in bed with him we can do whatever we want we can build our own little offshore gambling uh, crime island nation empire mm. and it was great and the money was flowing and they're like what about this fidel guy and they're like screw this fidel guy dirty hippie we're fine um and then he done showed them mm. uh, just crazy crazy history stuff like that i love i and for for years i was on this non-fiction kick where i just wasn't reading fiction at all because it's so subjective and what's good unless you got something uh you know sort of uh, uh recommended to you who's it's hard to know what to take the time to read because I'm so sure. busy with work. It's like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna spend my time reading even? But then eventually, I was like, no, no, I need to get back into fiction. I miss it. Um, you just have to sort of find a, a, a curated list. So I guess I'm just a big fucking nerd, someone. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what if if you're gonna get like a historical like nonfiction book, like what uh, sort of steers you to wit which because there's so much history right like where mm -hmm. is it just like mm -hmm. what tickles your fancy at the moment or do you go like what where how do you choose what you read next i'm kind of all over the place um mm. i read uh the devil in the white city recently which was a book about uh the uh uh wasn't the uh chicago world's fair but it was it was that sort of thing late 1800s early 1900s mostly how are we going to build this thing and how are we going to do better than you know france did in theirs and mm. they were behind schedule and under budget and blah 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 and woven into that the story of this this really prolific serial killer who just pulled the 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 wool over everyone's eyes and murdered a bunch of people uh, mm. especially because you had folks coming from all over the country and all over the world for this world's fair type uh event so a lot of people in town that nobody nobody knew or then mm -hmm. uh this book i read a couple of years ago when we read called uh by garrett mattingly i think the guy's name was called the armada talking about the spanish armada and it's you know you've got all the history in there but basically you know king philip chose this dude this high-ranking dude whose name escapes me great guy reasonable guy not a sailor not a naval dude at all um and he sort of knew he was a bad fit for it and that the the armada in general you know trying to uh, sail over to england and attack it was a doomed enterprise but you know the i'm a loyal man and the king told you to do it so i guess we're just gonna have to sack up and uh, eat this shit sandwich every bite uh mm. and on that whole thing at one point francis drake uh attacked a harbor city i forget what city it was and destroyed uh all of these uh barrels that were being mm. made there so they had to make a bunch of new barrels the wood wasn't aged properly and they lost a bunch of their water and ended up, ended up having these catastrophic ramifications on the armada uh 
because you know francis drake broke some barrels like donkey kong uh <laughs> in an unrelated moment just stuff like it's it's i'm bad with dates it, the dates i'm mm. bad with geography i'm not great with but if it's a story where they can hook the larger details of what's going on into some key pivotal individuals within that that mm. larger history that's what i like that's what i want to read and is it mainly historical stuff for nonfiction, or do you uh branch out into other other topics i feel like it's mostly history every now and then i'll read a biography but i feel like mm. if i'm reading history the way i like it to be it's basically a biography anyway just sure. with maybe less focus on one person and more weaving them as major players into the history itself mm. so same maybe same dealings as a biography just a, a different uh, focus or perspective or, or sort of angle at it. And uh, as far as fiction goes, I'm big, I'm big into sci-fi and speculative fiction. I mean, back as an undergrad, that's what I wanted to write. I wanted to go to college and get a degree in fiction to write stuff like Richard Matheson, and I am legend and Damon Knight and all the, the old school dudes that were also writing episodes for the twilight zone back mm. then, like the, the the og guys but this was back when you know dave eggers you know heartbreaking work of staggering genius was all the rage and everyone's like oh memoirist fiction that's where it's at we got to write this memoirist fiction and i'm like dudes i am 20 i have nothing <laughs> to talk about i am i am you know a a a boring you know bland white kid who's never known privation never gone anywhere done anything because i'm 20 like what do you want so um and 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 i feel like now that's come a lot more into its own it's it's less sort of viewed down people's noses as as genre fiction mm -hmm. um i just love it i love i love world building i've been slow to get into fantasy because i feel like the tropes there get in the way a lot like mm -hmm. i don't need to read a thousand page book give me a really compelling book that's 300 pages that's fine that's yeah, fine like yeah. i i don't i really don't see the value in you know book by the pound mentality and i feel like that gets into fantasy more than sci-fi i mean the sci-fi dudes back in the day like philip k dick where he just would like eat a handful of amphetamines and stay up three days and had to write non-stop because you know he had five ex-wives and seven kids and had to pay the bills like i get that there, mm. it never felt it felt like writing all the time as necessity and it would be I'm going to write 100 hours straight over the course of eight different stories. Not, I'm going to write 100 hours straight, and that is, you know, 1 20th of my single book. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't I don't yeah, got time yeah, yeah. for the, the bloat. Sure, sure. Uh, you say that, and I'm immediately like, uh, well, first off, I'm like, man, I should read more. Uh, <laughs> there was a period, there was a period where I, I I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I, nonfiction, Unless it was like a topic I was super interested in, I was always more of a fiction reading guy. Um, but man, these days, if I'm being honest, it's all manga these days because <laughs> it's just—it's got pictures. Uh, even, I, even though I there was a period, manga. oh, you can't do manga. Interesting. Why you, is that? You know what it is, and it's—it's it's manga and comics alike. I can read them, but I feel like I am so hooked into words more than visuals that i don't uh, appreciate everything that's in the page in front of me i breeze through them i haven't absorbed everything i feel like it's it's they're almost uh, wasted on me mm. and i feel bad about it like i don't feel like oh i'm too good for them blah they're pictures like no they're amazing and great i just feel like i'm missing all of this 
nuance and all of these details because my eyeballs want to go straight to the words. Sure, sure. No, I, I, I definitely know where you're coming from because there is some, let's say there's a manga where like the art is like gorgeous, but the writing isn't great. Uh, I'm with you where I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't for me. Like I, for me, it's the words have like the writing first and foremost has to be solid. I don't care how like beautiful it looks. Uh, if it could, if it's both, it can be great. Um, no, I was just going to say, uh, well, first off, man, having a, a, a hobby where you can like, uh, learn cool historical things, uh, that aren't related to fucking weeb shit sounds so nice. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some <laughs> recommendations for some anime that I think you may enjoy. Actually, if you're someone Ooh, who yeah, likes, yeah. Uh, even though I know, uh, speaking of like, no, you're not gonna have the time for this. But I will say, <laughs> if you're somebody who likes, because uh, what what sort of started this for me was, you said you're kind of getting into fantasy because you like that sort of like events and the, but you don't like the you know you but you like that angle anyway uh mm-hmm. have you ever seen legend of the galactic heroes the original show i have not okay uh well i mean the i i'm sure the reboot is also good uh i, I believe we're also both in that so i'm gonna say yeah it's yeah, i was gonna say so we're, we're in that <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i've only seen the, i've only seen the original which is like it's a hard sell because it's it's like what like a hundred plus episodes, uh, but it's on it's on a uh, high dive. It's on something I forget one of the many sites out there, but it is a show that is. Um, I started thinking almost like as an obligation, like okay, this is one of those things everyone says is good. This looks really boring. Let's just see what. And I was imme- <laughs> I was immediately engrossed. It is a show that is like, it has like a thousands of years of history between like these two sides of the of uh, two uh, space governments or whatever, uh-huh. and there are literally I think two episodes in the show where it's a character watching a documentary <laughs> of the history <laughs> of the two na- of the two like re- nations, like, and I kid you not, it is first off extremely well written uh and it but it also kind of treats its events as like like a historian like uh sort of telling you these events like mm-hmm. like they'll do these things like these great things like little did this character know that this would be the last time they would ever meet it's like what <laughs> it's the first time <laughs> like the impassiveness of the narrator just like but you're as a viewer you're like what do you mean like it has <laughs> I What's going to happen? Yeah, I always describe it as like it's what Game of Thrones the show wishes it was. Uh cuz to Ooh. me like I I enjoyed Game of Thrones and then after a certain point I dropped off cuz uh I don't know just too much rape and I was like okay this is enough I don't care anymore. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And it also started getting bad like so it was like a culmination yeah. of both. I don't know if did you ever watch Game of Thrones at all? I got all the way through it. It was one of those things where I watched some of and then took a hiatus. I was never up to date. And then, uh, just to be contrary, we got caught up right as the final episode was coming because we knew people would be screaming about it, all caps everywhere, Mm. as soon as it aired. So we thought, you know, if if ever there's going to be a time for us to watch it and get caught up. And it, it, 
it i don't even know what happened it was not not great i'm glad i jumped ship then i think i jumped off like four or five something there were like a it was the season with uh pedro pascal i forget is that four or five Mm -hmm. whatever you Uh, made the right call yeah yeah it was like this is getting rough and i feel like they're running out of material Anyway, it was yeah. like the it was like the Ramsey Bolton torture hour. I was like, I don't care about this. Like, who cares? <laughs> um, anyway, what Legend of the Galactic Heroes to me is is like, in terms of like the big like sort of political maneuvering and a rich tapestry mm-hmm. of characters. Like, like mm-hmm. for example, like one side is uh, uh, like a it's a it's a democracy, but it's a corrupt democracy, and the other one is you know it's an authoritarian like you know with a sort of uh, what do you call it? like a? Uh, it's not a democracy. It's an authoritarian regime. But mm-hmm. just because it is, there are good people in that regime, right? So it's like right, right. it's it's really interesting, like morally, like you know, like there's no good guys or bad. Well, that's not true. There are like some bad guys, <laughs> but it's like it's never like a this side is the good guys, this side right, is the bad guys right. sort of thing. You know, there's rot evil. Yeah, there's evil people on both sides, good people on both sides, Uh, and just Mm -hmm. the amount of detail uh, within that show as a whole is just astounding. So, if you're ever like, you know, I'm in the mood and have the time for a hundred plus (laughs) anime from the um, from the from the '90s, uh, it's it's there for you. One day. Uh, and I, because I, you know, I, as someone who I think can appreciate that, that, and I think, um, you don't like manga, so I'm trying to think of, like, not that you're even asking for this, but this is all I'm capable of, is nerdy recommendations. Uh, hey, is, I'll take it, gladly. Uh, I will say, I don't know if you've heard of a uh, Vinland Saga. I've heard of it. I'm mm. curious. I don't know anything about it, but I've, I've, I've seen people allude to it. The anime is very good. The manga is better, but if you don't like manga, the anime is definitely, you can definitely watch it as it's also quite good. It's about it's a historical drama about uh, the Vikings, um, nice. and it, it, it all the character not all the characters but a lot of the characters are directly taken from history, and it's sort of it's you know it's his you know creative spin on exactly what happened, but a lot of it is mm-hmm. actually uh, based on historical events. Uh, like that. Really well written, really great characters. Um, so that's another one just off the top of my head. I was like, you know, uh, if, if you're into historical shit, um, these two stand out to me. And then I will say, I know, I know manga is not your thing, but this can also just be for the listeners as well. Uh, there's a, there's a manga called A Bride Story, which is, uh, it's about, uh, it's like 19th century Silk Road. It's like a 19th century Silk Road slice of life manga where it's about, it's about like, a bride coming into a family and then it just focuses on different families in that period. Uh, ve- like clearly extremely well researched. The mangaka who did that had, did also a historical series called Emma, which was about Victorian mm. maids, like a maid in yeah, Victorian yeah. England. Um, but it's like uh, the reason why I think of this is like, she is someone who slavishly loves reading historical stuff for re- not only as research, but that's just what she likes to do as a hobby. And it really uh-huh. shows in the work because it's like, ah, yes, someone actually did like a ton of research <laughs> into the culture, what the culture was like, what, you know, every sort of detail. She like traveled to those regions and like, you know, like studied all sorts of things. 
just if if just for historical details and uh, it's also one of, it's a manga i discovered like this year that i was like wow this is really fucking good uh and i don't want you to think i'm a total philistine i mean i do own and love the manga for monster and pluto oh. and we we have not read 20th century boys but we have it oh um, okay 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 yeah, yeah. It's, so it's on like, the shelf. Okay, so you, you have, you know, only some of the best works by one of the best manga guys of all time. <laughs> Got it. Makes sense. Sure. Oh, man. Monster. Listen, I may have to have you back on at some point just to talk about Monster. Uh, Dude, I will do that. Because nobody fucking... It's a hard sell. I understand. It is. It is the regret of my career. Every time I recommend it to people, like if they watch it or read it, uh-huh. it's never failed me. And every oh no, it's it's yeah. amazing. It's I mean, it's... I mean, if if we want to just touch on it a little bit, like I don't know, do you, do you have a heart yeah. out? No, no. Okay, let's let's, let's, let's talk, talk a little bit. Of, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Monster because for yeah. me, I watched it. Uh, oh, this was like uh, maybe early college or maybe even early college and it just completely wowed me like i was like it it elevate like you know i love like i loved anime at that point but just the sort of level of adult storytelling mature themes i was like oh my god this is this is incredible uh and then but nobody's watching this or cares except, you know, the people who are like really into it. Like I am like anime yeah. or whatever, like no one, you know, you're not going to get a kid to watch monster over a demon slayer or whatever the fuck. So right. it's, but, uh, <laughs> I, Ur- Urasawa's work to me is just, you know, best of the best. Uh, one of my favorite mangaka and, uh, monster. I've, I've, I've seen it maybe, two three times i've read it all the way through i just mm-hmm. fucking love it and then uh and i and you directed not only did you directed the dub right did you mm-hmm. write it or just direct it just direct i wrote a little bit here and there although I, mostly the schedule we were on they're like if you've got waking hours you can be working we want you directing mm-hmm. uh that said i did sort of take it upon myself to adapt uh some of grimmer's stuff especially mm-hmm. near the end of the show because mm-hmm. i was like i mm, i'm gonna say the words i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own words there i see um, i see it uh that show and i just to just to, to clarify when i said a couple minutes ago when we were talking about it and i said oh it was a regret of my career i didn't finish my thought i don't want anyone there like having a spit take and burning down my house <laughs> it is the regret of my career that monster isn't something that everyone has watched it it Mm. it, uh it got they they aired it so it all got broadcast they put out like the first like 12 or 15 episodes in a dvd release but that was still when dvds were like four episodes a dvd and you're paying full price so it's i think and and, you know it's funny that you mentioned that you know you know it's 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 not going to pull in the demon slayer crowd i think that's kind of what killed it because they put out the first couple episodes People are like, oh, I don't know, Viz sometimes doesn't finish the shows and we're sort of gun shy and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the show doesn't do, you know, Bleach or Naruto numbers because it's yeah. not that kind of show. And then they never put out the rest of it on DVD in America. It did get a full DVD release in Australia and New wow. Zealand. Wow, okay. Um, which I was I, one of those I people who owned. bought that first set. 
I was like, got it. I got a. I, it's monster. Are you kidding? Uh, yep. And uh, I will say my one thing is I wish they had gotten the original music, but 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 that's a good. Let's yes. little, it's like that's a good one. Like, you know, that's just being being annoying. But yeah. I would yeah. I would have glad I would have glad. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you are being annoying. No, I I would no, I would no. gladly no, I, have. I wish I could have owned all of Monster uh, physically. Um, it's it's just so good and is uh, when when i was approached to direct it it came together sort of last minute and this was back when you know getting uh, materials from japan since simul dubs weren't even a gleam in anyone's eye it wasn't uh, a, this given that we'd be able to scare up materials so i had to uh just to get it all in my head because i realized like oh this is a show where i need to i need to know everything's going to happen before we get in there because there's going to be so yeah, many twists and turns so yeah. i i watched it all fan subbed and especially then pre-netflix you know i was not one to marathon things mm. but that show was so good i would just sit down and be like next 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 another another and i got through the whole show you know, all 72 episodes in like a week and a half because it was just so compelling that like yeah i needed to do it for work but just as a viewer i mm. wanted to know what happened next it is it is so interesting and subtle and dark and nuanced and well done. And I love the art style. And I feel yeah. like it's one of those shows that you can you can show to somebody who isn't an anime fan or might be anime resistant because, you know, people don't have like gigantic Mothman eyes and no nose. Like it's it's Urasawa <laughs> drawing a bunch of Europeans, so everyone's like, you know, white and kind of lumpy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The fact that they're white and kind of lumpy makes it not look like you know, quote unquote, traditional anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, f- I feel like it's something you can show to somebody and be like, here, it's this really cool story. It happens to be animated, but there's no bar to entry as far as the tropes or the exactly. art style. Or it, it's, it really is sort of universal. And it's so, God, it's good. It's so, so good. I mean, I, I got to meet Urasawa um, <sighs> the year before last. He's He was doing that, that exhibit. exhibition. Yeah, 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 yeah the, the, I went to at, that. At the yeah, different, yeah, they. I found out about it, and I was able to finagle through some folks that I knew. I was able to get uh, an invite to the VIP thing mm. the night before the exhibit opened in LA, and he was doing a talk. And uh, once I got there, I realized in pretty short order: a there was there really wasn't a time to approach him. It wasn't going to be one of those kind of events. Mm. Um, but also that I knew the dude that was translating for him uh that evening mm-hmm. and i was i just texted him i was like dude if you can do me a solid like i i <laughs> i will owe you i will owe you many buried bodies if i can just meet him and i actually in case i had the chance to i had written a letter beforehand just telling him like hey i directed the show i voiced grimmer the show really meant a lot to me and i want to let you know how much it meant to me mm-hmm. uh wrote that up beforehand and then had a friend translate it into japanese and type it up for me so that if i got to meet him which i ultimately did i'd be like hey you're amazing don't want to take up your time here's a thing you can read sure, later if sure. you want. don't feel like you have to just to not monopolize yeah him at all and yeah uh ended up having the chance to meet him shake his hand take a picture with him give him that letter and i told him in the letter too i'm like hey it uh it it, it pains me that it never got a full u.s release on disc and if that's a a, a thing that uh you know you care about or want a remedy let me know here's my contact information i if i were independently wealthy <laughs> i would take the time and the money to try and save monster from whatever rights limbo would <sighs> and actually get a physical release out because it deserves it oh, oh my man. god it deserves it it it's 
top five anime of all time. It's in it will always be in the top five just for mm-hmm. and I don't want to spo- I won't spoil anything, but just moments in that show still chill me to my fucking core. Uh, yeah, you've got your welcome home. You've got your uh, mm-hmm. oh man, I mean, I'm, I just ah oh, so I. I, I'm, I'm I'm tempted to because there are still somehow there are still friends of mine who haven't seen this and I'm like what? yeah and I'm like I'm gonna I'm I'm tempted to maybe do another get some more people into it because the people that I have gotten to watch it have universally you know praised it because it is right it's that and there's good. no bloat there's no 72 mm-hmm. episodes it never devolves and and there are times cause I remember when I was initially watching it where it'll switch focus and you're like whoa, there's all these new characters. Where are we even right now? Like, we have hard cut to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And you spend, like, an episode or an episode and a half and, like, going, okay, this is cool. Like, this is compelling. This is well done. I have no idea why we're here. And then just the focus of the show will just pan back a little bit. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, 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 mm-hmm. oh, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, oh. Yeah, no, it's, 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 and I think it speaks to that fact that like anime can can stand anime and manga can stand toe to toe with with uh, any of these other you know uh, uh, sort of traditionally thought of as being higher art or more respected or blah you know whatever you want to call it people just, you know sort of up their own butt about being gatekeepy about yeah. storytelling and art like mm-hmm. it can be do just as good a job as any of that. Yeah, when they had, when they were saying we're gonna do an HBO live action, I was like, why? Why do you need to do that? This is already like basically like a live like a, the equivalent of like an animated live yeah. action. Like, like what are you? What are you, what are you gonna make better about this? It's already like right? for me in its perfect form. <laughs> um, and that exhibit was just incredible, like, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my <sighs> god, getting to see and so it was funny. I went there with a friend and. Uh, I was like, wait, you haven't seen Monster? Uh, I was like, okay, first off, don't look at any of this section. Like, don't look at it. Because I knew... Ignore was, that wall. And Ignore that whole wall. I kid you not. Because he like he loved, like, Yawara and, like, Pluto and 20th Century Boys. And I was like, you haven't seen Monster? And I kid you not. I was like, okay, after this, we're going to your place. We're watching Monster. Uh, I, I, we're, yeah. And we did. And then he watched the whole thing. And uh, loved it. Uh, and it's funny. He he was like, uh, he was like, you know, you and I, we are Grimmer and Lunge. It's like not me, me being the Lunge, him being the Grimmer. And I was like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Um, God, God, such. A- okay, listeners, watch Monster. I know it's not. Is there is there a legal way to? Is it on iTunes or anything or any legal way to watch this damn show? I think at this point, the only, I think the only currently legal avenue is, is those, you know, whatever region, uh, Australia and New Zealand are those, those DVDs. But I, I Mm. tell you what, it's, um, it's worth watching. I, yeah. I'm just gonna put it that way. <laughs> I'm gonna say everybody you should watch it. Go watch it. <laughs> however, that however you can do that, you should absolutely watch it. Like make it one of your next priorities. 
uh, <laughs> legally, preferably, you know. Uh, listen, it's fair game if there's literally no. I always I'm like if there's a legal way, do it this way. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, let's just say please watch Monster. Also, uh, oh, I mean, hey, if you, if you like manga, you the manga, the manga yeah. is great. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you want to, mm-hmm. if you prefer to read it, and I think they just came out with some nice big cover ones. Uh, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. the manga, and you know, just read. I mean, I, I personally like uh, anytime Urasawa stuff comes out, I buy it. So I have all the 20th Century Boys, all of Pluto. I just got uh, what's Mujirushi and the his new sneeze collection. Like, like I, I eat that shit up. I highly recommend if you like <laughs> manga, that is absolutely there, and Monster as well in English. Legally, just you know, support this shit so we can get more Urasawa shit. Uh, did did Billy side. Bat come out in English? No, it didn't. Uh, uh, I'm uh, we're still hoping, still hoping. Um, what's what's the new one he's doing? They had they had a little bit of the artwork at the exhibit, mm, the one where the he, little girl he took. Yeah, he took what's his name from from Osomatsu and the little girl. Oh no, that like that that came out in English. That's uh, Muji Rushi. Did it? Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, a, okay. it's just like know. a short one volume story. It's great. Uh, I very fun, very cute. Uh, his newest work is Asadora, uh, which is uh, still going, I believe. And oh fuck, it got real. Oh, no, wait, okay, Viz announced an English release. Oh, wait, it's coming out next year. Oh shit. Okay. So his new <laughs> his new manga is coming out next year in January in an English release. Let's just check Billy Bat real quick. I don't think, unfortunately, no. Yeah, no, no English for Billy Bat. But I'm just like, listen, anytime, anytime I can recommend Urasawa to people. Oh yeah, just yeah. please, please read and watch his stuff. It's so good. You uh, know what blows my mind about Urasawa? What's up when when he had the VIP thing? Um, mm. part of it was he had his guitar and he had like a, like a looping pedal and he would start a song. Mm. Um, and then once the song was looping, he would go over to like an overhead projector, like in, you know, old school math class, mm. bang out an amazing drawing. Um, mm. somebody narrated some lyrics in English. And then he, after he banged out this amazing drawing, he would go back and like, finish the song take it off loop and finish the song it blows my mind it just blows my mind this dude is just an amazing amazing like galaxy brain mangaka but there's a part of him just wants to be a folk singer like man how funny the world is that like you are top of your game and shoulders (laughs) in this one thing but then you're like but i kind of want to be doing this other thing right now like and that's fine that's your pejorative that's your prerogative but it's just it's 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 funny how our brains are wired to want mm. more and want different things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, much, so much talent in that man, my god. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think he still loves manga for sure, but like mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. clearly like. Uh, I I highly recommend. Uh, you know, you're an Urasawa fan. Uh, his new he they put out a short story collection called Sneeze in English, and it's just Ooh. a bunch of random like. This is from this magazine and this, you know, like very short snippets and it's it's an anthology. So it's not like every story is going to be amazing, but hey, it's fucking Urasawa short story. So it's worth having. But in a lot of it, it's, it's a lot of like autobiographical. Like this is me uh, when I visited. I think one of them is like when he visited America and just like mm-hmm. uh, like or and or, or there's another short story where um, it's about like a musician 
uh, actually mm-hmm. the guy who's the namesake for the protagonist in 20th Century Boys, um, in in his autobiographic autobiographical stuff, and that you really get a sense of his love for music. And then, listen, you own 20th Century Boys. Sit down and read it sometime because yep. you'll you will truly see his love for music in that as well. Um, <sighs> in fact, I'm sure the main character in that probably. Probably a lot of that is based off young Urasawa. Now that you know, mm-hmm. considering how much he loves the guitar and and um, uh, music and that sort of thing. Oh man, and and also just that exhibit had his childhood notebook drawings. Uh-huh. I, it was, I, man. As soon as I heard that was a thing, I was like, I'm gonna be, I'm going there. I have to go there, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, God. Yeah. Go, go, Urasawa, everyone. Go watch and read it. Uh. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's a good place to end on. Uh, where can people uh, find you? Oh man, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter. I am uh, just pulling up to make sure I get it right because I always get it wrong. I'm uh, sites unseen with a little underscore on Twitter. Uh, similarly on Instagram, although I forget to post there because I'm an old. Uh, <laughs> those are those are the biggies. I like Twitter because I can be like stupid dad joke. Peace out, bye. Like it really is sort of wired to my like stupid pithy short thing and then disengage kind of uh you've got some good tweets and i think recently you tweeted a, a roberto t- like like related tweet yeah and i was like yeah yo props to you man i was one of the 10 people that understood the reference but like yo i respect that it is it is my goal i don't have the software or the chops, but I've wanted ever since I directed Monster to make a Wake Me Up Before You Go Go AMV <laughs> to Monster with Roberto specifically. Um, I've got even a couple specific shots in mind to line up with the song. I just haven't had the time or the wherewithal. But that's that's one of those where I thought to myself, I'm at least going to put it out there in conceptual form because somebody somebody will see that that, that there's value in that. And I'm glad it was you. <laughs> I saw that there was value in it for sure. And I hope one day you make that video. I, I, would. I hope so too. We need more monster AMVs anyway. Uh, really dude, thank you so much for sitting down to talk. This has been great. Uh, always. A yeah, pleasure, this has been man. super fun, dude. Let's, <sighs> let's do this again. No. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>